0: All uh-huh. right. It's the Americhicks with Kim Monson.
1: Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal.
0: The most important story.
1: The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care.
0: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues. As right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We've got a, a great show planned for you today and uh, wishing you a very happy Monday. In studio with me is Roger Bianco. He is a friend. We we met each other through leadership program in the Rockies. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, so it's great to have you here.
2: Great to have you. Happy day after Mother's Day.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. All kinds of great wishes, so you know, wonderful.
2: Wonderful stuff.
1: So, uh, and so we'll be talking about something that is near and dear to your heart in the third and fourth segment, and that is property rights. Yeah,
2: that's a big one.
1: Yeah, it's a big one. And uh, it's important to continue to think about this because there is a, a real... Um, There's a real assault on property property rights right now, particularly here in Colorado.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely, with all the environmental stuff going on. And then even beyond just your physical things, this is a this is a this is a hill I think we have to die on.
1: So it'll be a great conversation on that. So before we get into all this, be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. Appreciate it if you would like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. And thank you to everybody that came out for the Stand for Colorado event on Friday afternoon. The weather committee did a great job. It was a beautiful afternoon. And thank you to all the volunteers and the speakers. It was really a terrific event. And um, people are are already saying, when are you going to do this again? And it's (laughs) kind of like a wedding or, um, you know, a big event you put on. It's like, well, I think I'll wait just a little bit to do that, you know. But it was really, really, really great. So thank you, everyone. And thank you to the team, to Zach and to Steve and Patty and Keith for keeping this train on the track. Greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, So our... Our quote for inspiration today, we're, we're going to be coming in on the Indianapolis 500 here very soon. So Mario Andretti, one of the most successful race car drivers ever, said, desire is the key to motivation, but it's determination and commitment to an unrelenting pursuit of your goal, a commitment to excellence that will enable you to attain the success that you seek. I thought that was pretty darn good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, Steve. Producer Steve, are you ready for today's funnies?
3: Bring it on.
1: (laughs) Okay. I feel like
3: Eeyore this morning.
2: (laughs) Monday morning.
1: (laughs) I've got three for you. Okay, first of all, people think that I see is the easiest word to spell. Come to think of it, I see why. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) My teachers told me that I'd never amount to anything because I procrastinate so much. And I told them, just you wait. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what is a teacher's three favorite words? June, July, and there August.
2: Go. There you go. And, and, <laughs> and a mother's least favorite words. <laughs> June, right. July, that's, and August. <laughs> that's
1: true. Or at least
2: my wife's least favorite words.
1: That's true. I remember summers, uh, yeah, they could get a little long sometimes. So what are we going to do today this is what moms say. So, Okay, Roger, let's, uh, let's jump in here to some of these uh, headlines that we have. Uh, last week, you know, was the, the tragic uh, shooting at the STEM school in Highlands Ranch. And it has been really interesting to me. I have had moms reach out to me and say, we need to do something, something. And, you know, last time you were on, we talked about the Overton window. Yeah. I think the Overton window is taking a big, big uh, movement back to freedom.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that it's taking a big movement uh, towards freedom. Um, um, probably arming teachers and uh, staff that want to be trained to do that. Uh, I've heard numerous uh, women who have typically been against, you know, having uh, a- a teachers armed. All of a sudden say, wait, a- we can't let this happen anymore. I talked to a mom. She reached out to me. Uh, via our website, and I talked to her on Saturday afternoon, and she said, "I am ready to do something." She said, "Every day when I drop my kids off at school, I'm concerned whether or not they're going to come home." Yeah. And Roger, that is not okay. Not that okay. is absolutely not okay.
2: No, I have, uh, I have, I've, my wife and I have three kids in uh, the Douglas County School District, same district as STEM, and I got probably. 20 notes, calls, Facebook messages from friends asking me uh, if my kids were okay. Um, it was a hectic, hectic couple hours. And, of course, I'm out of town. And that was just the perfect thing for a father of kids that are going through that. Um, but we had a good conversation Thursday night, I believe it was, or Friday night when I got home on um, on that very issue. Okay, so every, I think there was this kind of general sense of exasperation at this point, there because there's so much media coverage of this. And um, you know, there, it, it, it's, a, it's a drama that unfolds all too often and all too consistently. And so people are, it's a sense of doing something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's where we can make big mistakes in, in governance. And so, um, yeah, this is one where I think the, the best solution does seem to be finding to 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 immobilize and to neutralize and to eradicate a threat that walks into a school an evil i 'm not going to call it a threat this isn't this is just a this is evil um an evil that walks into a school you um, you have to have something that 's quicker and something on site i think than calling nine one one and having that and I don't know i don't know exactly what that is, but arming teachers is certainly a way to yeah. immediately have a counterweight, an immediate counterweight, or, or a staff—I should say—not necessarily, not necessarily. And arming teachers is probably too broad, but you get the idea,
1: right? And uh, and so with what Laura Carno is doing with her Faster program, we had her on last Wednesday, and then it was really a powerful show on Friday when we talked to Jan Brown. She's a friend of mine. She was working as an aide in the fourth grade class at the STEM school. Wow! And it was uh, it, it, <laughs> she was my inspiration for the day because. She said, as she was sitting there with the the children, they were all huddled with the teacher, her and the children. She said, if if that shooter comes through the door, she was looking around. She said, I will I will stand between these children and him. And so, we need to people that that want to be and and the training that Laura does with Faster is in those particular uh, situations. They actually have to perform better. Their their testing is higher than what it is for that small component than law enforcement. And I tell you, I think that people that, that want to be armed to do that, to, take it, to, to you know, stop a threat, I think that we need to let that happen.
2: Well, and as a parent, I mean, I, these, these are my children, and it's an unfortunate reality of life that we have to say that they need to be protected in school, but that is a reality of life. And so if, if, if a teacher decides, I mean, I would be eternally grateful and over the moon with With thankfulness and gratefulness toward a teacher who who wanted to step in that gap uh absolutely and who wanted to put themselves between you know my 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 daughter talked to me about um a, a teacher of hers in their school who's across the district other side of the town other side of Highlands ranch but about how he would he would you know he has a bat in his in his room and mm-hmm. i thought oh that 's great i mean the the courage of the teacher is uh Worthy of yeah. national note and honor, but I, I the bat is just not quite um, the defense mechanism that I would that I would want him to have. You know, I would want him to know how to use a fire a firearm, and I don't like the. I mean, that's what they are they're firearms. They're mm-hmm. not guns, and I want him to use a fire know how to use a firearm and have a firearm.
1: Steve, do you have a comment?
2: Okay, let me preface this. I don't know. I don't
3: know that there is a political fix to this, what I call very moral problem. Yeah. But something caught my attention yesterday, uh, and again, I, sh- I shouldn't say where I'm getting this stuff, but on Facebook, <laughs> Senator, Senator Cory Booker says he's fed up with this, this simplistic response, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And I, my first thought was, gee, Mr. Senator Booker, maybe some of those thoughts and prayers are for leadership that would actually help solve a mm-hmm. problem like this.
1: Well, the other thing about this that, and, and then we had Jim Lewis on in the third and fourth segment, because what we hear is mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. And so I asked Jim, he's a, a been in, uh, he's a licensed professional counselor. He's been in the business for 23 years. And he said, and so I asked him, what is mental health? And he said, do you know, nobody has ever asked me that question. Mm. And he said that basically, in, you know, it's um, and the foundations for for good mental health are family, faith, and community. And Roger, those are the things that have really been under assault in our society. And and then what we're seeing in our schools. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Roberta Sutton on on Thursday. She's written a book. She does a lot of substitute teaching, uh, and it's what um, what you don't know, what parents don't know that their kids don't know. And as I was reading the book. Uh, in one of the English classes, instead of, you know, reading the great literature, uh, they are reading all these dark, dark things. And so I think that, and we're also seeing all the suicide with our young people. Mm. When I was a, a young, I don't recall anybody ever committing no. suicide.
2: i not, not a single one, but I remember in high school we lost one student uh, who tragically died in a uh, home fire. Uh, but that was it. No suicide.
1: And so, something, there's something underlying that we really need to address as a society. And I really think that it's been this movement into relativism, um, this movement uh, away from actually focusing on. Uh, The things about America that's made America good, that the things that that, as uh, Mario Andretti said, that, that, you know, we strive for excellence. And I think that we're teaching a lot of these kids. I mean, um, you know, I I hear them many times. You go into the doctor. Are you depressed? Well, you know, I mean, I think that they're almost putting forward that, you know, that idea. And uh, I think we're seeing seeing that play out in our schools now.
2: Yeah. I mean, even the books that they're reading on the American Revolution um they're not reading about the ideas they're not reading about why why did we fight this war i mean it was a war and it like like all war it was loaded with tragedy and uh a significant human cost uh the price was high so why why did we choose to pay it like the, that that one of my daughters brought home a book uh probably five six years ago that was in middle school and the book was The American Revolution from a – she's not written or read anything previous to this on the American Revolution. And she knew a couple of the whys, but not really mm-hmm. Declaration of Independence wise. And she, she had this book that was uh, written ab- about the American Revolution from the, from the lens of a pacifist. And I thought, well, <laughs> I, I would think that that would be the wrong lens to look at the American Revolution through because a pacifist would always conclude you shouldn't fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the ideas that 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 generation of Americans fought for were timeless and important we 'll talk about property today, but they're not, that, that's that, that, there was no unless I gave it to her right, which I did, and I gave it to my other daughter, and you know my, mm-hmm. my, my kids kind of roll their eyes at Dad here yeah. you know um, she would not have gotten the ideas that we fought for in at least a meaningful way. Um, I just feel like it 's out of balance, and so the the point being that I, I think what I heard you say, Kim, was the pursuit of beauty, and and that really should be what education is about: the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of beauty of beautiful things. Um, and and it's not. I just would recommend anyone who wants to understand a little bit more about what beauty is is to um, go on to YouTube and search Hillsdale College, Aristotle Ethics, uh, and and. and Watched the first two lectures of Dr. Larry Arne, who's President of Hillsdale College, talking about um, Aristotle's ethics and and the the students around the table. It was a great little discussion seminar that they had. Um, but they talk about the all, all things should pursue good, and and that's what that. Yeah, and that was what Aristotle's basis was for for writing that work. And um, yeah, are, are we still pursuing good? That's a question we should always ask. And always be prepared to find the real answer.
1: Totally agree with you on that, Roger Bianco. We're going to go to break and continue with our our conversation and go through some of these headlines here. Before we do it, though, in Game 7 of their series with Portland, the Nuggets trailed behind the entire fourth quarter and could just not get enough shots to hit the basket. So their season is over. Portland advances. The Rockies took two from the Padres over the weekend, and they're headed to Boston for a two-game series with the Red Sox. And uh, so it is still, though, the basketball playoffs and NHL, even though our guys aren't in there. Uh, but what a great time to chill out, kick back, and watch some sports. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's a place to watch all the games. Wednesday's Wing Day, all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine, And the smoked wings, they are delish and only half the calories. And Hooters Wings can fly. You can have them delivered right to your front door. You can stop by and pick them up and take them home. Or you can stay at the restaurant and watch the game. So more information, visit Hooters. Colorado.com, that's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we will be right back with Roger Bianco. We're going to go through some more headlines and then talk about property rights.
2: All AmeriChicks sponsors
3: are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson
0: and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful, and with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now, so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week, and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturts and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today, 303-517-7173. 303-517-7173.
4: You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made to measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at (laughs) Americhicks.com.
1: Oh, Charlie, he pulled those Westerns for me. I love it. So welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And uh, Roger Bianco is in studio. We're going to be having a conversation about property rights in segment, segments three and four. Let's just talk a little bit more about this um, this issue with the STEM school shooting, though. Uh, Kendrick Castillo, I mean, these these three young men, they decided they were going to do something. My friend Jan Brown, they decided they were going to do something. Um you know, when, uh, on nine eleven, you know, that last plane, they, de- they decided they were going to do something. There's something inherently in a way, I think it's American about fight. And, uh, it's amazing to me that, uh, Kendrick Castillo, um, you know, he, they decided to, to go ahead and go after the gunman. And I mean, they stopped, they stopped this guy from killing other kids yeah. and it was a pretty big deal. And so, um, and Kendrick had wanted to, had indicated that he wanted to be an engineer, so the Colorado School of Mines is establishing a scholarship in his honor, which I think is very, very good. Yeah. And uh, another one here, uh, uh, there was this third student, and he was wounded twice in the leg during this last shooting. And he said, I chose to run towards him. Joshua Jones, 18, said on Good Morning America that he never thought about how he would react in a school shooting until he was confronted by the harrowing uh, circumstances on Tuesday at the Highlands Ranch STEM School in suburb of Denver. And he said, when it actually happened, I had to make that decision that nobody should ever have to make, which was run toward the gunman or run away from him. And I chose to run towards him. And Roger, during the break, you said something about, this is amazing, these kids you know they uh they they said we're going to fight
2: yeah there's there's the first thing um i mean i just i couldn't imagine being in in these families or being the parents of these kids i i, I can't even fathom um just having kids in the district what was you know close enough for thousands upon thousands of, of parents it uh is a difficult few hours it, you know, you know me being out of town and helpless, trying to monitor and figure out mm-hmm. how my wife's going to pick them up and how that process was going and everything. What these kids demonstrated was a um, a willingness to to fight, and and so it seems like there is maybe it's natural. I don't know, and some people, I guess, it is. Uh, you'd have to have some sort of psychologist on to figure that out, but there is a willingness to fight, and there is a willingness to to, to see something. Um, that is bad and that is evil, and then to, to get rid of it. And these three courageous young kids did that. And I, I love the account. I think this is also a quote from uh, Good Morning America. He says, quote, I saw the gunman, this is uh, Joshua Jones, I saw the gunman come in the room brandishing a weapon and saying, nobody move, Jones said. And then I saw Kendrick and, Brent and Brendan get up and, you know, I was right there with them. We rushed him, period. We rushed him. Um, They had to make a decision that no one should have to make. That's right, no one should have to make it, but we're making it. And so I think we need to be able to make the decision correctly. There's a will to fight. I just don't think that, and I'm not saying you want arm students, that that please don't take me literally on that, but but there should be, um, at least where there is a will to fight, there should be the tools supplied Mm -hmm. for that will to fight. And the, the analogy that I used was, I can look at my car if it's not working and I could think to myself, God, I really want to, I really want to fix my car and I can open up the hood and I can put my nose in and I can tool around a little bit, but I I honestly don't have the tools or the knowledge or the expertise to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And so if there, but I have a will to, so I I could learn, I could learn how to, how to get the job done and start my car again. It's a very crude, very meaningless metaphor relative (laughs) to the meaningfulness Mm -hmm. of this situation we're talking about. That illustrates that there could be, um, it, where there is that will to fight, there could be there could be adults who are there and and if they were given the skills and the tools, defend, and, and that's
1: well. And you know the other thing, I mean, uh, this youth. Uh, I mean, you look at these three young guys, and but what about these kids that walked out on uh, these two politicians that tried to politicize this whole thing? You saw the the you know the vigil. You know, and this is whole, totally orchestrated by um, gun control groups to have this quote-unquote vigil. And the kids went there in good faith thinking, you know, it was sold to them, it was a vigil in honor of Kendrick. And when these two politicians, Senator Bennett, who's running for president and uh, Congressman Crowe, decided to politicize it, these kids got up and walked out. Good for them. So there is something on this Overton window. Something is changing. The number of moms that have reached out to me the number of moms that I've heard that have said and and I think that school boards need to start to listen that, uh, you know what, they have a responsibility to make sure that those kids are safe. This is not OK. This is not OK that we send our kids to school, our teachers to school, and we're concerned that um, that they won't come home. And the mother that I talked to, she said every day yeah. I am so concerned. So let's run through a few more other things uh, on them on the headlines. First of all, this was a uh, late breaking. Uh, many of you may know that Rachel or Rochelle Galindo, who is, uh, I think, let's see, she, a Senator from, um, I can't remember if she's house of representatives or Senator from up and well County. And, uh, they've been working on potentially recalling her. And so she resigned, resigned yesterday under, um, uh, sexual misconduct allegations. So that's going to be interesting. I actually think that that's probably some um, politics there because I think very possibly they would have been successful in that recall. And so with her resignation, then that means the Democrats can now put somebody else in there. So, um, that way they continue to, to maintain their majorities on that. Another thing, speaking of Weld County, uh, Reuters, um, has reported that this new Colorado environmental law is stalling oil investment. And it's like, uh, of course, we knew that was going to happen. It says, new environmental regulations in Colorado have chilled investment in the state's oil and gas fields. Colorado now ranks fifth among U.S. states in oil production, about 500,000 barrels per day, up from 90,000 barrels in 2010. That boom, however, has just uh, has come just as state politics have shifted to the left with an influx of urbanites who tend to oppose fossil fuel development. The resulting uncertainty over how local authorities will use their newfound power has nearly halted energy deal activity, including acreage purchases. Uh, I think that we're going to start to see, um, I'm, I'm starting to hear, hear people move out of the state. And we've seen oil and gas, um, big oil and gas, have been uh, moving their dollars to other. Other areas, whether yeah. or not it's other um, part of the country or other part of the world. And uh, I think that this is going to be very difficult for the Colorado economy eventually.
2: Well, it's already starting. To, you're starting to see it here. ConocoPhillips tried to sell its Colorado acreage for more than $1 billion late last year, but failed to find a buyer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's really not a good symptom. I mean, uh, that's a great way to increase government dependency and make our society here in Colorado less healthy.
1: Well, and we'll talk about property rights on that as well. A couple of other things. uh, Let's see. The Colorado Business Chamber uh, leaders weigh in on the legislature's 2019 uh, session, and Kelly Brough said that uh, private, public, and nonprofit sectors have to all be successful for all of us to succeed. We want to do it together. She said, "We will disagree sometimes, and maybe not even find a place to agree. But we can still do that with respect." But one of the things that the chamber is supporting is the debrucing measures. That's uh, going to be the assault on Tabor, which is the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, and uh, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, Roger, is one of those things that was put in place to protect property, if you will. And you can see, uh, you can see, uh, politicians, and bureaucrats on both sides of the aisle. They do not want to honor Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. And so there's going to be a real assault on that. And I always thought Chamber of Commerce meant that they were, you know, pro business. Yeah. But that's not what I'm seeing out of the Denver Chamber. They really are using um, politicians and bureaucrats to make government bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. So, okay. Then uh, another thing uh, there has been a bit of a brouhaha within the Colorado GOP regarding. Uh, the election of the GOP chair. Uh, Ken Buck won that. And then uh, he has Steve House, who is is really going to be carrying that out since Ken Buck is our congressman. Uh, But uh, Susan Beckman, who uh, also was competing for that, there's been some questions about ballots and a variety of things. And so I really think the Republican Party needs to get this answered, because uh, uh, there's mistrust right now, and there's no way that you can be successful if you don't have trust. And so um, Representative Buck has uh, tapped Representative Mark Baisley, a state representative of Roxborough Park, to assemble a panel to examine these allegations, and hopefully they can get this figured out and get the answers on that and get to a point where people are, you know, understand that they're happy with that answer and they can move on.
2: Uh, I see Craig Steiner is going to be uh, helping out representative Baisley and they're both good people. Um, if there's something to be gotten to the bottom of my hope and prayers that they do, because there is within uh, kind of grassroots right of center center, right kind of movements, a lot of skepticism about the Colorado Republican party, its effectiveness. Uh, so I think, I think that they, it seems at least like the right people have been put into this position. Um, you know, Representative Baisley a, a, seems to be a pretty straightforward, n- f- tremendously knowledgeable person I'm who has a, a nonsense guy. Yeah, no yeah. nonsense guy who has a great foundation for what government should rightfully do and should not do. And Craig, I know, shares a lot of those things. And Craig is a, a, an absolute whiz. He created a software program that helped uh, has helped uh, party organizations all throughout the state uh so this is looks like a good panel yeah it looks like a good group
1: a good panel so what that's worth so we're going to go to break here in just a minute before we do that though jason mcbride is on the line with us good morning jason mcbride
3: hey good morning how are you cam
1: good good hey thanks so much for being at the stanford colorado rally i got to meet your wife and two of your kids so thanks for being there
3: yeah, and you say the same thing everyone does, uh, how lucky I am, how I married up, all that. <laughs> Did anybody ever think that might hurt, hurt, hurt a guy's feelings? You know, or,
1: after I said that to you, I thought, I hope I didn't hurt Jason's feelings.
3: <laughs> I think you know me better than that. Huh?
1: <laughs> I think so. So, hey, yeah. what, what's on your mind?
3: Well, two, two things, Kim. One is uh, the markets. Uh Friday was pretty interesting. We started off taking another beating in the morning, but then uh I'd been talking about how we'd been reversing back up. Friday, uh we actually turned around and ended up positive for the day. Uh, it was almost as impressive as uh Portland's comeback against the Nuggets last night. Uh but this morning it looks like we're in trouble again. Looks like the Dow's going to start off down about 400 points maybe 500 but we'll see what occurs by the end of the day and a lot of this has to do with uh, the tariffs again kim
1: well that was my question if it was because of the tariffs and what they're trying to get figured out on that
3: well you know one thing that i'm not hearing that seems to me to be common sense on on the tariffs i mean here's kind of how it works taylor and i talked about this on the podcast on Friday, Uh, let's say that an American company is going to import some plastic umbrellas from China, as an example. Well, there's a 6.5% tariff on those umbrellas, and maybe a lot of people know the way this works, but maybe they don't. So what happens is the American importer pays China the $500 for the umbrellas, well, the tariff is thirty-two dollars and fifty cents. So the American company Kim pays the U.S. government or the Commerce Department the thirty-two fifty. So their total purchase price is five hundred and thirty-two fifty. Does that make sense so far?
1: Okay, I'm following you.
3: So the, if the tariffs go up to twenty-five percent well now the total purchase price would be $625 and it's it's really just kind of being posted as if that entire $125 increase will be passed completely through to the american consumer that well there's no way this is hurting china it's only hurting america but but I think folks are forgetting one thing, Kim. If let, you're a business owner, if all of a sudden your price was going to go up $125 because of a tariff, I'm going to imagine you're going to go back to China, who is selling the goods to you and say, hey, I can't pay $500. You're going to have to come down on your price, too, uh, to help keep these prices in line. So I disagree. I think that... Uh, the tariffs, yeah, there may be some increase borne by American consumers, but I think China's going to get hit on these, too, uh, because our business owners here in America aren't stupid. They aren't just going to uh, say, no, we'll pay the whole 500 and stick it all to our customers. I don't buy it.
1: Okay, that is really interesting. That seems like uh, common sense, and I've never heard anybody explain it quite that way, Jason McBride.
3: Well, commons You know, I never thought. It took me. I, I, we've been hearing about these tariffs for a year and a half, and it just occurred to me on Friday.
1: Well, that, I think that that's pretty brilliant. So uh, if you want to hear more of, uh, or talk to Jason about more of his words of wisdom, you can reach him or at uh, chickspresidential.com is our landing page, chickspresidential.com. I'm going to be um, thinking about this all day, Jason. That's pretty amazing.
3: Sometimes, well, and I may be wrong, too. I'm just guessing, but it it does make common sense. And sometimes those easiest things that should be right under your nose are the hardest ones to come to the front of your brain sometimes.
1: You know, I know that is true. So, Jason McBride, thank you so much. We will talk to you tomorrow. And the phone number over there is 303-694-1600. That's 303-694-1600, and uh, any of the good folks over at Presidential Wealth Management would be happy to talk to you about your nest eggs. So, Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow.
3: Have a great show.
1: Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to have a great conversation with, uh, with Roger Bianco about property rights. This is something that is, was so important to the American idea, and I think it gets lost sometimes in 2019 America. So we'll be right back
4: award-winning realtor karen levine has 30 years of experience with remax alliance as a director with the national association of realtors karen levine works to protect your private property rights karen levine believes in home ownership since losing her mother to breast cancer karen levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called karen's for the cure raising money for breast cancer research Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The Americhicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto Fireguard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at Americhicks.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson as we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails, and be sure and like me on Facebook and Twitter as well, at the Americhicks. And uh, just a quick note, uh, uh, James Takeda, he has been keeping everybody informed regarding all of the petition signing events And so if you want more information on that, for example, for the national popular vote, uh, go to coloradanvote.org. That's coloradanvote.org. And he has uh, all the different locations where people can go and sign those petitions, and they could really use your help on that. So, Roger Bianco, it is so good to have you in studio. You and I know each other from Leadership Program of the Rockies, which really it's an organization that uh, they select 65 students each year. And uh, they bring in national speakers to talk about the vision of the Declaration of Independence, what that meant, why is capitalism good? You know, there's been such an assault on both those things. And so it's great to come together and really kick the tires on those ideas. And um, I really learned a lot from that. So that's that's how we first met.
2: Yeah, we met at Leadership Program of the Rockies. Uh, you were class of 2013? 2012. 2012. I was class of 2014. And I know you've talked about... LPR hear a lot on your show over over the years um, as I've listened. Uh, but if you want more information, anyone out there wants more information, go to leadershipprogram.org. That's all one word, leadershipprogram.org. And uh, applications for the class now of 2020, wow, time is flying. Hard to believe. Um, due at the end of August. Right. And so then the class kicks up in interviews in September, class kicks in. And so a lot of this stuff that I heard, what, what I'm going to show you here on James Madison and this whole idea on property, it, 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 I mean, I went through it. I was forty-two years old. This is so everyone can do the math now. I'm about how old I, what am. Age I was when I went through. Okay, <laughs> um, but the point being, I, I mean, that, that's you know, middle-aged, and I had never heard what property was considered at at the founding and mm-hmm. why that's important. And so, a lot of these ideas at the founding, I, I, I think it's inadequate for people who look at the founding of the country with reverence to say, um. You know, it, it, this is these ideas are important because they were there at the founding, because the founders did it. Well, you know, the founders were just people. In fact, they recognized they were just people. That's why they structured government the way that they mm-hmm. did. They want the people to have sovereignty, but they didn't want any individual power source to be overwhelming any other individual power sources. And so they created jealousy and checks and balances the way it's mm-hmm. described. But the point being, um, because they did it isn't, isn't reason enough for us to uh, revere. These ideas, right? There has to be a timelessness to it. So let me just give you a story here. So my brother's an actor, uh, and I love my brother. Uh, We don't see eye to eye politically on pretty much anything, other than my (laughs) libertarian bent and his libertarian bent that both coexist. But the point being, he he doesn't like the founding because it's old. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say this. I've had conversations with people on, on in airports and on airplanes um, about how it's old. The Constitution is old. And I always think that with actors and other friends of mine who are also actors, I've made the comment, well, do you ever do any Shakespeare? And they say, uh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, my brother's done every Shakespearean sonnet. He is an incredibly talented actor out of the city of Chicago. And he... Uh, I says, yeah, I mean, you know, I've done a ton of them. I said, well, what, what about those do you like? And we, the conversation ensued that Shakespeare talks about things which are timeless, love, lust, greed, benevolence, fear, anxiety, anger, jealousy, rage, you know, all these things that apply just as they did today, as they do, as they, as, just as they do today, they applied as they did in his time. <clears throat> That's what made them timeless.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think what the founders did was governmental Shakespeare, so to speak. Uh, they did hit. It wasn't perfect, but they did hit on many things that are timeless. And this concept of property um, at the the established the American ideal of property, which I believe applies today perhaps more than it did then. Just as I think the Second Amendment pl- applies today more than it did then, not less, more. And so. It, with with your permission yes do i'm going to read from James Madison's essay on property and I I don't know if this makes great radio but we're going to go through and do this <clears throat> written uh March 29th of 1792 so the Constitution has been ratified, or they're in the fight, I think, to ratify the Constitution. Right. Um, yeah. And, and there, so we're, we're uh, starting to establish the government, but still kind of drifting. And Madison comes out with this essay, very brief essay. University of Chicago publishes it. Anyone can get it online. <clears throat> and he, say, he talks about property this way. And so he says, quoting James Madison, the term, the, this term, property, in its particular application means, quote, that dominion which one man claims and exercises over the external things of the world in exclusion of every other individual, end quote. He says, in its larger and juster meaning, it embraces everything to which a man may attach a value and have a right and which leaves to everyone else the like advantage. So we can all have property. In the former sense, a man's land or merchandise or money is called his property. There is the definition that in the 21st century most people think of when they think of property, your car, your home, your stuff, your mm-hmm. land that you might have, farmland, whatever it is. That, that's what most people think property is. But here's where Madison brings in the American ideal of, of, of property, which is that plus, quoting James Madison again in the latter sense, a man has a property in his opinions and the free communication of them. He has a property of peculiar value in his religious opinions, and in the possession and practice dictated by them. Now, isn't that interesting? He's Mm -hmm. saying property is not just the stuff you have. Property is what's in your mind and what's in your heart. It's what you believe, and it's what you think. Then he goes on. He has a property very dear to him in the safety and liberty of his person. So we have, back to the discussion on what we just talked about earlier, we have property in ourselves, Right, we have the right. He's establishing there a right to kind of defend yourself, among other things. He has an equal property in the free use of his faculties, so a free use of his mind and free choice on the objects on which to employ them. So we all have a right to take our minds, create something with them, and 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 um, that that thing that we create is property. We call this I was going to open quotes, close quotes, intellectual property. You know, you talked to mm-hmm. earlier about the. The tariff issue and, and one of the centerpieces there is intellectual property uh, in a word. And, and this, this is really the key sentence of, in my opinion, of this whole essay. He says, in a word, as a man is said to have a right to his property, he may be equally said to have property in his rights. Now, what he did there, I, in my mind, every time I read that, I think of two links, two unbreakable links of a chain, the one link. Is um, you know you have your right to your property, but but then the other link, the other the other loop comes in and it, it forms this bond where you have property in your rights, meaning the very things that you, you you have you have property in all these things: mental, physical, your religious opinions, all and your rights. You have property in your rights, which means those are just like those other things. You, the things you, the, your rights are just like the things you think, the things you believe, your religious expression of them, so on and so forth. And you have those rights to the exclusion of every of every everyone else, and everyone else has the like advantage. In other words, he's saying property is a big deal. It's not just what you have; it's what you think, what you do with what you think. Your quote unquote intellectual property. It is also your religious expression, and it is in fact your rights. Let me read that word again, that sentence again. In a word. As a man is said to have a right to his property, he may be equally said to have a property in his rights. Right? Now, this is a really important concept that has been completely lost in discussions about property. And in my opinion, the government is ta- governments at all levels are taking property rights w- w- with way too of a, uh, a cavalier attitude, so to speak. I mean, they're just not being as protective of property rights as they should be. <clears throat> the last sentence in this little section. I thought this was important because here, here what Madison does in this last sentence is instruct future generations. He says, where an excess of power prevails, we are in an excess of power. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about that. Where an excess of power prevails, property of no sort is duly respected. In other words, when, an, when power is too strong, the government or the powers that be will not respect property. I think that's what's happening mm-hmm. now. At least that's the trend. Then he says, no man is safe in his opinions. His person, his faculties, or his possessions. His, he didn't say no man is safe in his possessions. He said no man is safe in his opinions, in his very person. I have put very in there. That's not Madison. In his person, his faculties, or his possessions. So what we think, who we are, our very being, how we use our minds, what we create with our minds, and what we have is all property in the american ideal and we have a right to that property to that to that thing uh to all those things i should say so
1: you know what let's go to break okay. this is fascinating and there is such an assault on this uh and um and i don't know if we're going to get this totally unpacked in this okay. whole, we're, we may have to <laughs> do won't. another show on this but we're going to go to break this is kim munson with the americhicks we're talking with roger bianco and james madison and property and this is
4: absolutely so important so we'll be right back Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie.
0: Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 10th through Thursday, May 16th, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Chicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails and uh, like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. Roger Bianco, we have you in studio. I can feel myself. I'm talking faster and faster because there's so much great information <laughs> here. We're talking about property. Yeah. There has been such an assault on property. And uh, I was gonna. This just popped in my the the uh, amendment to the Constitution, where we decided that we would tax income. I think was a real assault on property rights on the on the hard things, you know. Because uh, if you to to actually tax and then a progressive tax, where if you take more risk, maybe create more whatever, that you get taxed even more. It's antithetical to the American idea. But but we're talking. Also, you wanted to make a, a point about intellectual property. Yeah. You know, what we think. And we've seen sh- such an assault on that by this movement of, I am offended. Yeah. I am being bullied. Um, you know, Molly and I used to, to laugh It's when we were in eighth grade, you know, it's like, I was bullied, and I probably bullied as well under what the definition is now. I mean, yeah. kids being kids, we need to equip kids to be able to deal with those kinds of things. But now we've been moving to victimhood, but also being offended, which shuts down somebody else being able to give their opinion about things.
2: Well, yeah, and the issue extends to, you know, the bottom line is is, is if we, if, if property, the idea, the American idea of property is laid out here by James Madison is not defended, rigorously defended, um, you get things like what happens up in Canada where pronouns, you have to use certain pronouns. I don't know if you, uh, listen, I think it's James Peterson. Um, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, sorry, Jordan Peterson. Uh, podcast, he's a big thinker. He's mm-hmm. touring the world. and He's astonished and amazed at the response he's gotten. It's actually somewhat um, comforting that he's gotten this response because I think people intuitively know this. That, there, that was, as I understand it, you have to use certain pronouns under penalty of law. In other words, y- your, your words are, are a reflection of your thought, right? And so what they're trying to do is through words control thought, mm-hmm. which is a violation of your opinions, your person, your faculties, well, and your possessions because you possess your mind. And so it gets beyond the, the stuff that you have. Um, so, the, the, and, and even in academic circles, um, yeah that this is a big issue my my uh, daughter and my wife and i were touring a campus in the northwest and the professor who was head of this genetics department i think i'd mentioned this last time she had mentioned she uh, was this, was beside herself and i don't think that if her and i sat and talked about politics we would agree on much but we would agree on this and that she was beside herself that you can't even bring up certain Discussion topics without a student saying, "Oh, you know that that triggers me and I'm offended," and so then they cut it off. Now that's not governmental abuse of property, but that's cultural abuse of property, which is a big problem. Which lays the right politics is downhill from culture, downstream from culture. So government is now starting to, as you see in Canada, starting to violate the violate property rights by trying to control thought.
1: Well, and a, a perfect example of this, and Nicole Martin was one of our speakers, and she was, wow, she knocked it out of the park on our Stanford, Colorado Raleigh. And she uh, has was one of the attorneys for Jack Phillips in the Masterpiece Cake Shop. Great. And now you mentioned uh, certainly the property in your religious perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, where where Jack came down on that. But I looked at it also a little differently. Yeah and that is is this uh, that uh, culture and then government has started to redefine words. Yeah. In this case the word's marriage. Redefine words and basically government said to Jack and and uh, bureaucrats said to to Jack which was the Colorado Civil Rights Commission which is appointed by um politicians, and again, I I think we need to reduce the number of commissions.
2: Oh, God, you yes. Know,
1: you know what? Because these are unelected bureaucrats. They're unanswerable to us, and this is a way for politicians then to push these decisions off that they want to have made, yeah. but then they don't have to have the political reality of being reelected for that. But anyway, so if what happened is government said, if you do not adhere to this new definition, then we are going to use the force of government to take your business.
2: Yeah. And that's wrong. That is his property right. His religious expression is his property right. His his physical bake shop is his property right. What he does with it is his right. And I'm not saying that it's your right to discriminate, but but this is a question. I of, actually think the free market can figure it out. Yeah, the free market can figure it out. I remember um, in Indiana the similar thing about the pizzas. Did, did you remember right. this case? Yeah. So I remember getting. I can't remember what the town was—Fishers, Indiana, or something like that. And so, um, for those of you who don't remember, it was the. Uh, uh, Same sex wedding wanted uh, the reception wanted to order pizzas and a guy said, no, nah, I don't want to. Same reason why Jack mm-hmm. Phillips didn't want to build the cake and so or make the cake. And so um, I just Googled pizza places and fishers on, and I got probably I don't know thousands upon thousands, a lot of duplicates, but there were at least scores of other places they could go get pizza and and. You just kind of go, well, do, so, so now what you've created is this environment of competing rights, and this is inherently unhealthy. So is the property right, which was established as part of the American ideal, with substance behind it and very important ideas? Not, it's not important just because it was used by the founders, but it's important why the founders used it and what property is. Or your right to get a pizza. Do you, if, you have a right
1: to get a pizza? Do you
2: have a right to get a pizza or do you have a right to your property? In my mind, the right to property – is paramount it is absolutely paramount and it is a hill we must die on i mean i, I think there's no but the problem is we're violating this right the Kelo case which established um it, it, traditionally eminent domain is what's used the tool that's used and this is more of a physical property thing but um For something is used for public use, it usually was intended, I believe, to be temporary and and to a degree militarily. Like I live on a hill in Douglas County and maybe they might want to use my my home as a as a as a base or, you know, fort in case we're being invaded or something. something. I mean, this is all hypothetical and stuff, but that would be a legitimate use for for public use. But what the kilo decision did was extend it to public purpose. Well, goodness, the, the loaded word in there, obviously, the shift from use to purpose. But the real word, I think, is the the, the impact it has on the word public. Have you ever noticed that anyone who wants to nationalize something, whoever, who, whoever wants to discuss the virtues of a government action, just simply puts the word public in front of it? public library? Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders did it one of his... Um, one of his uh, campaign things, I think, in uh, last election cycle in Indiana, in front of the public library, and the word "public library." In other words, he's supposed to be, you know, th- th- there's a virtue there with something that is "quote unquote" public or public school, right? Mm-hmm. They just put "public" in front of something, and some people think that makes it virtuous. I actually think it makes it a monopoly, and it makes it, it makes it, it, it lays down if use of the word "public" lays down or clears the path for violating property rights.
1: It does. And from my time on city council, I saw that. And we're get, we're just about out of time. So can I, first of all, can I have you back? Sure. Why don't we do this again next month on, on property rights? What would you say that you'd like to have the, the big takeaway for today be, Roger, in this whole conversation that we've had?
2: So I'd say it's number one, that the idea of property is timeless, and it and it's not not just because it was in the at the founding. That's an inadequate uh, explanation, but that the reasons why property was there at the founding of the substance, the, and that is number one that the idea of property goes beyond, or number two, I should say, the, the idea goes beyond your physical things. It goes to your religious expression. It goes to your what's in your mind and what you create, and that's important because property can be used to try to control what you think, and that's com- profoundly wrong. Um, And then as you look at the trends, maybe we'll talk about this next time, but these public takings and the like, that that folks is laying the groundwork, if not just outright violating your right to property. Because if they can take someone else's car for an unproven or arbitrary reason, they can do it to you, too. And they can also try to control your thoughts. So that's it.
1: Well, and uh, it's so interesting that uh, you actually... I gave my quote already today, James Madison, uh, I thought I
2: would... Worth repeating.
1: Okay, and he said, where an excess of power prevails, property of no sort is duly respected. No man is safe in his opinions, his person, his faculties, or his possessions. And we are seeing such an assault, and that was James Madison, fourth president of the United States. We are seeing such an assault on this by this, quote-unquote, being offended and... uh, and we will talk about this again, in, and that is that is that I've seen the far left now. They take something that is good, something that we value, you know, like clean air and clean water, and then they're using that to just really uh, take other people's
2: property. Yeah. The ironic thing is that that's the religious right really never did that, that I know of. It's, it's really interesting.
1: It, it is very interesting. So, okay, we're going to get a date. We're going to have you okay. back in June. Thank you. So this is Kim Munson. Today, read great books, think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.